everybody. Welcome back to Gaming the System, the podcast where a couple of intersectional feminists examine gaming through a feminist lens. Uh, today, Jem and I are continuing our series of commentary on The Last of Us TV show. It's all finished now, and so no one has any excuse to uh, have not finished it. You need to go and do it and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Today, we are doing episodes seven and eight. So this really is, I think, a a test, a case study for what the following seasons are going to be, because this is Ellie at the centre, all about yeah. Ellie. And have, have you finished the second game yet? No. <laughs> whereabouts, whereabouts are you up to in that? Um I'm at the same place as I was last time you asked me, um, which is Seattle Day, I think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know what happens in the second game, Ellie is the main character. So you play as her. It's her experience in the second game. And so this is... I think it's it's brilliant. I think it's such a different kind of show when mm. Ellie's the main character. So first first one, Ellie Riley left behind. Um, what did you think of seeing these two play out that relationship? Right. I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was excellent that they that they went there, that they followed that that um, storyline through um, with Ellie. Um, and and again, I mean, we've talked a load about this throughout the whole uh, our whole sort of analysis of the series. But yeah, you know, again, they gave it time. They gave it time to really kind of like get in and and get a feel for for who Ellie is and what's going on in Ellie's head and Ellie's world and and I yeah I really enjoyed it and I thought that it it had some really um strong um moments and again showed how simple scenes can actually really tell you a lot very quickly so i think we got we got this sort of yeah we've got a whole background in in that episode that was filled in a lot of gaps for us i think yeah it it really felt like they took because with um the game they pretty much took it like word for word and scene for scene um and were able to sort of distill it down into the most potent parts because they didn't have to worry about gameplay. Yeah. Um, so they were able to tell the same story. Um, I thought one thing that um, was a particularly impactful mm. is... Um, Ellie in the game, it just feels like she has no attachment to anything at the the um, Fedra school where she is. Yeah. It just feels like she's just the out that outsider. 
And then when she finds out that Riley's joined the Fireflies in the game, it doesn't seem like that much of a big deal because Mm. Ellie doesn't really identify with anyone. But Mm. having her be sat down by the guy in charge and saying, "You you could be in charge you could be an officer you could be mm. high ranking and she seriously she goes yeah i want that in that moment she chooses that because she doesn't think riley's coming back she just thinks mm. oh yeah this is the hand i'm dealt and i'm gonna go with this best this best option yeah and then then when she finds out that riley is joining the fireflies and is building pipe bombs you just realised that, oh, Riley has chosen this side and Ellie war had chosen the other side. Mm. Like what would have happened if they hadn't? It was a real Romeo and Juliet moment, I think, actually, which is is such an in-ground story in our society that, that we immediately... Um, bring in a whole load of information then like this this conflict this um sort of um star-crossed lovers you know it's 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 a whole there's a whole heap of of subtext that was that was just brought in very quickly just by just by that conflict of interests i think that was yeah really well done yeah and the the it's such a it it is just like Romeo and Juliet because we, <laughs> I I I wasn't I wasn't uh, Romeo and Juliet isn't my favorite Shakespeare play Othello is my favorite Shakespeare play I I, I love I love that play I'd love to do a version of it someday in the like in the fantasy future um but yeah so that like like you say the start that that line in the start of Romeo and Juliet is star-crossed lovers take their life. Mm. So even though everyone knows it anyway, he says right at the beginning, these two lovers are going to die. Yeah. The, at the conclusion of this story, we know they're going to die. Mm. And then to have it, it's, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful, like, case study in telling a beautiful short story mm. and the having it so and in term in terms of again an excellent job in normalizing lgbt relationships because it's just the teenage romance mm. that has happened forever to tons of to everyone and i just thought it was really sweet i thought it was a really just sweet friendship yeah yeah i did and i i loved um the way oh i've forgotten her name I knew I was going to do this. Who's the Who's the girl that she's Riley? Riley, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved the way that Riley had like set all this stuff 
for her in the in the um shopping mall and 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 the way that um Ellie just responded to it with such excitement and um enthusiasm i loved like i just really liked the way that ellie just ran around playing on the escalator <laughs> and uh, how and then how and how pleased riley was that how excited ellie was about everything that she she sorted for her and i i just and i really enjoyed um seeing Ellie's playful side again. And I think we talked before about when um when she was with the little the little boy that got um um infected and, and how she how it was nice to see the sort of the her being her age because so much of what Ellie goes through and what what happens to her is very adult and it's it's easy to forget how young she is and so you know we got to see her playing with a sort of little kid and then in this scene we get to see her as you say sort of exploring her first teenage love and and I just I love the scene when she's just sees herself in the mirror in the window and she sort of like tries to make herself like look presentable because she she's just got feeling about what's going on and and yeah it was really subtly done and I think as you say it just completely normalized the fact that it was two girls was irrelevant you know it was just that it was just two young people and it and that's really nice and really well done and not such a surprise since they had done that um other episodes earlier on with um bill and um his partner and and you know they'd done that so sympathetically so it it felt to me that this was you know that clearly these are people who are intentionally and um with i think passion are working towards a more inclusive world, you know, and they're doing their best to use this platform as a way way to encourage that. So, you know, it's it's all good, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the one thing that uh, jumped out at me recently is that Pedro Pascal is everywhere now he is yeah. the most probably the most universally beloved person on the planet at the moment <laughs> well mandalorian's um, just come out the new mandalorian has recently come out as well hasn't it so yeah it's... <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so he's he's just just the most wonderful person ever and for anyone who is against lgbt people especially if you're against trans women pedro pascal will hate you because his sister is a trans woman which i didn't realize and do you see on his instagram with five million followers he um put he was putting up um the rainbow flag with the um uh, the trans colors at the top of it and 
if for no other reason than you want Pedro Pascal to like you, stop hating on gay people. Stop hating on trans people. Stop hating on every anyone else. Because mm. if you want him to like you, then that's 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 step number one. I think. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, well, I don't know, but it, I do feel like this is the, this and the Mandalorian are the sorts of shows that are perhaps going to target the kind of people that might be challenged by by the LGBTQ um uh plus communities and 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 struggle with with um the trans um debate i don't really think it is a debate but anyway the the <laughs> you know the trans plus um and and so they might they might struggle with that and i think this is the sort of show that people some of the people who who you know can be reached can be reached via this and i think so i think that's really positive i i do think there is a a really important thing to be said about using your platforms and taking a platform and using it for for good and doing as much as you can within that and i i do think that that is what's happening in this show i think they have worked really hard to consciously make it an inclusive show and uh and, um and i think they've achieved it actually from from what i've seen i think the only thing that we don't see a lot of is disability but saying that you know joel's character did talk about sort of being deaf in in um as a result of all the gunshots and things so you know and he does have um yeah. Uh, I mean he when he was sort of well that's the next episode, so I won't mm. get onto that. Yeah. And it's when we've got Sam as well being deaf. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think um have you listened to any of the um the podcast about it with Troy Baker? No, I haven't. Um although I have seen them and yeah, wanted to. I just I just haven't. Yeah, I haven't. So Troy Baker is my favourite game actor. He's just he's just the best. So having him there talk with those those um, uh, Neil Druckmann, Craig Mazin, the two showrunners, um, is brilliant. And they talk constantly about um, they were having tons of conversations with um, when they wanted to do gay middle aged married men. They actually went out and talked to people who they knew who were middle-aged gay married men and um, finding a deaf child to come and play and finding out that there are hardly any deaf child actors mm. and learning and just bringing all of that in. And there was a woman yeah. who was raised, um, it was in a like an active war zone and they thought, oh, she'll want to come and direct the um, the episodes um, uh, with Henry and Sam in because of all the horror. And she goes, nah, nah, that's bullshit. 
and she wanted to and uh, so they got her to direct another episode so it, it's diversity all the way through and intense yeah that's good that is good to hear uh, we better talk about the end of, of the episode um how did, how, how did how do you feel about the end of it I'm glad that that they left it where they left it. I was I was pleased that that was how they did it. Um, I really, I mean, the whole episode had a feel like something bad is going to happen. I don't know if that's just like my age and my cynicism that I've spent spent so much time watching these kind of shows. So I'm just always like, you know. Oh, if something really good is happening, you just know there's something really bad is around the corner. So I think I had that that going on, and obviously I've played the game. So, um, but I I I thought it was really it was really powerful how they had this massive fight, and then they 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 just both managed to like get out of the fight and then suddenly to realize that they'd both been bitten was just such a like uh, a gut punch really it was just it was just hard um but um I think it was really interesting the way that um Ellie reacted that she that she got so angry and so frustrated like, no I don't want this is not fair this is not fair and yeah and I thought that was really nice that they properly explored that and I have to say I think that um Bella's acting in that moment was awesome she has real moments where I just think you know this woman is going to go so far you know she's so young or and yet she is such an amazing actress that she just I, I just believed her she had she carried all of that rage and the unfairness of it to have found this this moment to have had this love and this this kiss and all of that and then and then for this to happen I mean it was, totally was Romeo and Juliet I mean it really just was and yeah, and even they both, and uh, even they both, <laughs> Romeo thinks Juliet's dead, and Juliet sees Romeo dead, and then they yeah. end up dying. But it was completely unnecessary. Um, I really like how they. The, it's such a rational, like normal, like. That's how relation a crush can develop, and how that so that that is that that like dynamic, and then they're talking about oh, but I could be the the leader of Fedra, but I would be if I stayed with you, then I'd be on ship duty forever. Yeah, and she's joined the Fireflies, and maybe I could leave and join the Fireflies too. But Marlene said that she couldn't bring her, so it can't work. But then when they kiss and she goes, please stay, and Riley goes, okay, then nothing before that moment matters. It's Mm. we're going to 
we're starting fresh from where we are right now, the two of us. Fireflies doesn't matter. Frederick doesn't matter. Whatever we'll we'll find we'll find we'll find a way. And so that's when they broke that dynamic. And then them getting both bitten is just it's awful in every way. Um and And Riley's so calm and she must can't imagine what she must be thinking because it's all her fault that she brought Ellie there. She was she did it for her own sake. She was saying, I want to go and say goodbye to Ellie so she doesn't hate me mm. rather than just leaving. And then Ellie would have been safe. Ellie would have just had she had that conversation that morning, so Ellie would have gone on to be doing that or whatever, and it would have been fine. Um, but what I really like, and I think is quite an important seed to be sowing, um, that I'll come on to when we're talking about the next episode as well. Ellie's reaction, such she embodies just rage and anger mm. and hatred. And the way it's completely right, she just destroys everything. And then she sits down to just sort of think and just sort of panic and just, and how, you know, I've been talking about, I don't think there's been enough violence in it. Um, but the, the second game is defined by its violence, I think. Mm. And we mm. can we can talk about that at length when we do another talk about the game that game episode because holy shit the violence in that is probably the, it's probably the most viscerally realistically violent game I've ever played mm. and in order to be able to sell that in the coming seasons you need to see Ellie like this earlier on when uh, so that's just that's just the taste of it. Um, mm. I do think I, I I do think when um, Riley said, you know, if I stay with you, I'm just going to be on like shit duty, and I think that was a real wake up call to Ellie about the the because when you then put that next to what um, the um, guy had said at the start about you know you can be one of the officers and and I think yeah you know that. That's one of those moments, and I, I think most of us have had it in life where we suddenly realise that, you know, everyone's life isn't the same. We don't all have the same outlook. We don't all have the same privilege. And I think there's, there is a moment for most of us where that happens and we suddenly go like, oh, yeah, you know, and... It's a it's a really hard lesson to learn, and I thought they 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 show she the sort of shock that she had as it dawned on her that you know. And I think I think the reality is that they wouldn't have been able to make it work, you know, less than. I don't think they would have been able to make it work, not in this world, with everything that's going on. You know, there's there's no way the fireflies would have let Riley go 
and you know and where would they go how would they survive in this in this world and I think so I feel like it's almost like better <laughs> in the end is better because the alternative was probably going to just be a, a lot more miserable and a lot slower yeah that's a that's a fantastic that's a fast fantastic point and very very well then yeah very well put it was short and poetic they had the absolute mm-hmm. peak of yeah we're going to stay together and we'll find a way because they're children in the end they don't yeah. have, they have no idea what's out there so it's just they hit that point and they go oh we can lose our minds together that's beautiful yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, it's tough. Um, and that's yeah, and that's happened. It's hard. It's hard to like remember that 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 stuff happened literally probably a week before she met Joel. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wondered if if if. And at the start, because I'd forgotten again, I wondered if Riley was going to kidnap her because she was wearing the same clothes that she... uh, Well, I thought that Ellie was wearing the same clothes that she was wearing when when she'd been grabbed. Um, But, yeah, as you say, it it must have been very quick between the two, but we we still haven't seen that, that scene, have we? We haven't seen... When she when she got grabbed, we just saw that she had been. Yeah, so it's just yeah. So we just find the first time we see her is just sat in the room, chained up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, have we got any closing remarks on this episode? We can't run out of everything. No, I think we've covered everything. I I just thought it was an excellent episode. I was. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it, and I want to go into a abandoned <laughs> shopping centre. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.